www.staggeringstories.net, podcast series one, number 29, The Two Halves of Dobbin. It is time, once again, for Tales of Fear, Awe, Wonder and Mystery. It's <gasps> Staggering Stories Podcast number 29. Mm. Hello, good evening. I'm Crumbly. I'm Fake Keith. I'm Adam. And I am the rural Keith. 48X today. X. I got so fed up of 47C, I had him chopped up and fed to the cat. Right, first and foremost, it's El Presidente with the news. News. <laughs> What news, El Presidente? Doc 2 news. Go oh. on, then. Let's Maybe. The Daily Telegraph, British newspaper, fairly reputable one. They claim that David Tennant is in the negotiations to lead a feature film for Doctor Who. Do they say when? Well, apparently it is all tied in with him doing the fifth full season. Ah. If he does a film, he do the season. If not, he's out. Because he wants to do more film roles, and, and this obviously more, lead him into, yeah. into the more I mean, film work. The, yeah, his reputation, his exposure is fairly... <laughs> big over in America at the moment because I think who's doing fairly well well it's still very niche It's, it's very niche but it's a big niche yeah. So we don't know if this is true, but uh, apparently BBC Worldwide hold the rights to making a film. They were trying to make a film for decades. Ten, ten years, wasn't it? Yeah, at least. Then a TV series came back and now maybe we get both. That'd be exciting. Would that be big screen or straight to DVD, I wonder? Big screen, I assume. I, mean, they would mm, do I would imagine so, yeah. DVD with a special sure, how cool mm. would that be yeah. on a big screen? Oh, mm. yeah. Definite <laughs> hoogasm times. Oh, yes. The, what is it, the last Christmas trailer. Oh, for the, the Titanic, the, um, yeah. yeah. the Titanic, that was at the cinema. Uh, Russell T has said, in the past if they were to do a feature film we'd like uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones to play the companion oh please god no <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm glad the vast together. toffee's mm, in charge yeah. now god. I don't know I reckon she'd make a good companion what other news more interesting news for Dollhouse oh, mm-hmm. the yes. latest Joss Whedon thing we knew this is Fox involved but apparently it isn't Fox this time it's actually uh, more 20th century Fox, Fox. Ah. <laughs> not the TV channel they've shut down production of Dollhouse for rewrites of the first three episodes isn't going well Joss Whedon apparently isn't too unhappy about it because mm. he's putting triple duty here he is writing the scripts he's producing and he's directing it so what what they're doing is they're basically holding it over they're going to do minor rewrites refilming a few bits obviously hopefully to bring the quality up so hopefully this means they've got confidence to continue it another bit of David Tennant news oh yes our big plans to go and see Hamlet yes. Ooh, yeah. oh, oh. Yeah. Yes. have been pooped upon because it's sold out within three hours of going on sale mm, no surprise uh, apparently people um, camped outside to get tickets. They've sold 6,000 tickets inside the first three hours. Mm. They'll be offering a few on the night, but no I don't chance. see us going. No. no. Unless El um, Presidente knows some people who mm. can get us to the front of the queue. <laughs> um, Do you know some people, please? Not sure. Mm. Damn. Yes. people to know people. So, yeah, the staggering stories outing to Hamlet. Nope. No more. Well, nope. Maybe not. Maybe. I think Crumbly knows someone. Yeah. So what other news? Ghostbusters 3. Woo! 
Who are you going to call? Harold Ramis, yes. who uh, co-wrote the original two Ghostbusters films, is in talks to create a third. Mm. This has been muted for a long time. They've been mm. dragging it off the ground. Then they decided to fall back and create a computer game. But now apparently it's maybe back on. Forgive me if I'm wrong, but the reason they decided to go for the computer game because they all felt they were too old. Yeah. So what the claim is is that they will be in it, but they'll be kind of mentors of mentors, the new Ghostbusters right. team. It's harking back to um, yeah, the last indie film. I mean, there was such a gap between that and the uh, previous yeah. one yeah, Bill Murray especially I mean sort of he is showing his age now I mean how old is he about sort of late 50s 60s something like that yeah, it's Dan Aykroyd and um, yeah, Harold Ramis I mean I'm sure they're both sort of starting to show their, yeah, their years well, now Harold Ramis mm. was in Knocked Up recently he played Seth Rogen's dads and his hair is completely white so we'll see probably yeah. good but we'll see more movie news film news if you like uh, Spider-Man 4 apparently Sam Raimi and Tommy McGuire are in are going to be involved in some way. Never mm. sure if this is a good idea. It's like Batman. They're so hit and miss, the films. Yeah. You either love them or you hate them. And mm. The first two Spider-Men, I thought, quite good. Yeah, the number second one was Number three was rather um, padded. And that's that's yeah. the worry about you know doing a fourth. Mm. But forgive me if I'm wrong, the initial plan was to do six... Really? Six? I, I could be mistaken. Mm-hmm. I could have misread it, wow. but I think it was meant to be six. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I think they've defeated the object slightly because, I mean, they had three villains in the last mm-hmm. one. I mean, they had Venom, Sandman, and, um, yeah, the Green Goblin. So That's the problem. They always try to outdo themselves each time. This becomes more That's and more it. ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. That was the problem with the later, latter Batman films, as they tried to throw as many bad yeah. guys in as they could. Mr. That's Freeze. where they went wrong. Yeah. Yeah. As a small <laughs> addendum to this, I would like to say that uh, in Canada, they They've just finished a stage run of a musical version of Evil Dead, <laughs> really? which is Sam Raimi's first film. Yeah. Hopefully, they're going to take it on tour. Talk of film news, we have some more. You may be aware that the Watchmen yeah. film is in legal trouble because 20th Century Fox believe they own the rights to it, whereas Warner Brothers have actually made it. Oh dear! Ah, who, who produced the graphic novel? Um, I think you'll find um, Fox had the distribution rights, and that was back in 1991 though so potentially the film might never see the light of day but the trial has been set for January 6th but uh, Warner Brothers is still fairly confident they'll be able to get the film out in March Mm. I mean that's it because I mean I've seen I have actually seen promotional posters for it dotted around I mean it'd be interesting to see who wins and Mm. who wants it the most because they've both got access to virtually infinite pots of money to chuck at their (laughs) lawyers I mean so it will definitely be a clash of the titans have to wait and see are any future films they produce for next year going to suffer from mm. the lack of money mm, that's it on to happier news go on horrible news <laughs> Dr Horrible's soundtrack is now available on iTunes <laughs> crumbly yes what is the hammer <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying <laughs> he's got all bashful <laughs> Fortunately, it's just international, so I'm unlike the actual episodes, which still aren't available in the UK, for example. Irritatingly, but yeah. um, there we go. You can now buy the soundtrack worldwide, I believe, or at least most markets. Mummy! As long as the DVD's out for Christmas, I don't mind. Mm, yes. Yeah. Mummy! Yes. Can I have the soundtrack for my birthday, Mummy? No, you're too old for presents. Oh, fuck <laughs> <laughs> We've got a couple of um, children's favourites from the 70s and 80s returning. Yes. yes. Rent-A-Ghost and Wurzel Gummidge. <laughs> Is there actually work out there for the head of Pertwee? Maybe. (laughs) Perfect. We haven't said hello. 
Hello, Hello Hedo Pertwee. The Rent-A-Ghost, do we know what characters they're going to be in? Are they going to be new characters, or is it going to be the We, we don't even know for sure it's really coming back. Oh, somebody's bought right. the rights it's to muted. them. Yeah, yeah somebody's right, bought the rights right, to them. Right. So it could come back. But yeah, Timothy Claypole, I'm sure, will be back. And he's oh. dead, isn't he? Oh, he is. Well, that would be quite good casting, then. You know, if they can get hold of him. Well, the Panto Hall's got a walk-on role in Warriors of the Deep, so... Yes, it did, just painted. That's, that's interesting news. Mm, yes. Bit more news. Um, according to the BBC, um, Russell T. Davis has kind of thrown his hat in the ring as to who will be the new doctor when the time comes. Ooh. And he's gone for Russell Tovey. He was in, he played the midshipman in um, Voyage to the Bottom of the, the Dam. The guy with the ears. The guy with the ears. He was, <laughs> he was also in the History Boys. He was mm. very sweet in that. I don't know, I don't know what say Russell T. has anymore, but. Mm. that mm. seems to be the person he would like to take over. And he does have this kind of wide-eyed innocence about him, but perhaps we've had too much wide-eyed innocence recently. Okay, we have some letters. Mm, what kind oh, yes. of letters? Some of them are from the blog, but, you know, feedback's feedback. And big friendly letters. We've got uh, Nathan B again. Yay! Hello, Hello Nathan. Nathan! He says, nice work, guys and gal. I think that's me. <laughs> Though I do have a complaint which cool. I shall whisper. Yeah. Mm. I never understood what was wrong with Time Lash and actually quite like it. Oh, Nathan. No. I admit Paul Darrow's chewing of the scenery does make me smirk, but as a story, I thought it was rather good. I think Nathan's taking the pee. No, 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 hang on, hang on. We can understand this. We can get through this as a guilty pleasure. We can allow that. Guilty pleasure, right. maybe. Nathan also says, the fight club ending made me spit coffee down my nose. <laughs> that, that fight club was Crumbly's idea. He I, I know, all mine. <laughs> I, will che- I will cheerfully sort of foot the cleaning bill. Okay, next up, Dear Deirdre. <laughs> mm. On Saturday night, I visited a pub in Crawley where I got chatting about Doctor Who to a sinister-looking chap who called himself El Presidente. Mm. You've been in a bar. Mm, a pub. The rest of the night is a blur, but I awoke on Sunday morning in a travel lodge with an empty bottle of Rehypnol and a defrosting chicken. I now have a strange urge to assassinate world leaders whenever I hear the Star Wars theme, and it hurts whenever I try to... Oops, sorry, wrong letter. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I believe this is from our friend Wynne. Wynne. Yes, it's from Wynne. Yeah, hello, Wynne. And Wynne's real letter says, Great show, chaps. Are you following real Keith's rant about vengeance on Varos, I'd like to point out that there was a reason why I had it as a guilty pleasure. Yep. <laughs> Despite its obvious flaws, I still enjoy it. Cracking attempt at Hocus Pocus by Crumbly. <laughs> there's, there's a future in the prog for you. Oh, there's plenty more where that came from, Win. Oh, oh, <laughs> Whispers and begging from fake Keith. Had to have a cold bath after. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. What does I he think mean? I should st- step in here. This is my wife you're talking to. Win, darling. Oh, no. no, I can't do that. That's wrong. <laughs> All right, I'll do it then. <laughs> Whisper to Win. Go on. Hello, Win. Enough. <laughs> right, and Win has given us a list of his old Who moment of bafflement. I'm so sorry. His old Who moment of bafflement is Logopolis, and he says, "What the hell is block transfer computation? Programming for reality using um, numbers." Anyway, <laughs> worst of New Who was Fear Her, which he said was just a weak story. 
The mm. only redeeming feature was the Council Road Repairman, which was a nice comic turn. Mm. <laughs> Added a certain levity to the proceedings. Yeah. <laughs> Worst of Old Who, and he says he knows this won't be popular, Logopolis. <laughs> For Tom Baker's swan song, this was such a letdown. The story was, when I first watched it, boring. And it's still boring today. There was no sense of adventure. Compare Logopolis to every other Doctor's last story, and this is by far the worst. Everyone else has something epic or dynamic. For example, Caves of Androzani, Planet of the Spiders. Whereas Tom had a lesson in maths. And Adric. What about what's Colin Baker's last story? He didn't really have ultimate, one, did he? The ultimate yeah. foe. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Also, Wynne says, I'm a bit confused. Why is everyone, including yourselves and other podcasts, now referring to <laughs> the Colin Baker? Oh, the Colin did Baker. Did I miss a meeting? Mm. This all stemmed from the SFX forum. Mm. A podcast that will not be named was given, what was it, three and a half stars out of five, five by yeah. SFX. Yeah. They complained about this. They wanted a retraction. They wanted five out of five, etc., mm, etc. And they claimed to have the backing of the Colin Baker, mm. which they wrote in big capital letters. Mm-hmm. So hence the the. Yep. So now everyone, to take the P out of them, refers to the Colin Baker. I'm sure the um the thrill will wear off eventually, but that's why people refer to the Colin Baker. And may Bod be with you as well. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Win. Any more letters? All right, we have a letter here from Henrik. Hi, Henrik. Hi there. Right, who lists his um, moments of bafflement, worst and uh, best of new who, and all that kind Excellent. of thing. Excellent. Old who moment of bafflement, the three doctors. Right. <laughs> Somewhere towards the end of the first episode, probably, you have certain expectations of a multi-doctor story, which makes this all the more of a disappointment. The story is crap, but far worse is the fact they choose to play the Troughton Doctor only from the comical side. Right, yeah. But the thing that really makes this stand out as an embarrassing moment to me is the fact that my brother who enjoys New Who but had prior to this not seen a minute of Old Who happened to be in the room as I was watching it and the fact I had no explanation as to why I was spending not only time but also money on this yeah you have my sympathies I've been there (laughs) try to explain this deep passion for it and people walk in at the worst possible moment yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) right worst of the Old Who the twin dilemma it wasn't the fact that the Colin Baker doctor mate takes a while getting used to, nor was it the costume. It was just the fact that the story is so appallingly bad. The Happiness Patrol, at least, had a good first scene and a good last scene. This was just a hundred minutes of me wishing it would end. <laughs> mm. yeah. um, new Who moment of bafflement. No, can't really think of anything at the moment. Ooh, really? Right, worst of New Who, um, Love and Monsters, and it has been discussed enough. And finally, a small complaint. I used to listen to the podcast as I was out walking. I had to stop doing that as I tended to laugh out loud fairly often. Really? You're a bit too funny for my own good. Oh, bless you, Henrik. Finishes yours sincerely, Henrik. Thank you. Thank you, Henrik. I think Thank you. must be mm. listening to the wrong podcast. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay, keep the feedback coming. Yep. We love hearing mm. from yes. you. Thanks. We're pathetically desperate for attention. Yes. <laughs> yes. Ego yes. boost. And, yeah. just, and just to remind you all, the address is show at staggeringstories.net. Hey, we did it! Yay! <laughs> that for hours. Oh, yeah. Oh, message to win. I see you live in Southampton. Whereabouts? Because my fiance lives in Southampton. Crumbly wishes to stalk you. <laughs> anyway, it's that time of the evening again. All right. Yes. Gird your loins. It's time for Fight Club. <laughs>
Very old. Old enough to know Very better. Very old indeed. We have two fantastic contestants this week. Yep. Right. In the red corner, played by myself and Crumbly. So just give us the belt straight away because we've won. <laughs> we have Kid Pon Far himself, Spock. Ooh. And in the blue corner, we got Riker. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'll do it properly. And in the blue corner, known far and wide as the belly from <laughs> Delhi on the telly. That's good, isn't it? <laughs> we have William T. Riker, <laughs> who's being played by um, <laughs> El Presidente and the scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> Would you care to start, belly boys? Okay. Staggering onto the ring using his phenomenal girth and uh, gravitic pull, he pulls Spock into Ooh. a socking great big jaw and smack on the chin using his gravitational pull. Mm. Now, the temptation mm. here is just to answer every attack with that is not logical mm, and a smug it. raising of the mm. eyebrow, but we won't do that. Yes, but. Mm. We won't do that at all. Mm. Mm. In a moment of pure evil. <laughs> is it Mirror Universe? It's Spock. Mirror got, Universe. Spock, he's got a beard. Yeah. Okay. Spock reverses his usual approach and incapacitates Riker with his mind pinch and the often lethal Vulcan neck probe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds a bit kinky. Yeah. Well, it could be worse. <laughs> oh, just you, Mike. <laughs> okay, well, Counter that. Are you going to repost? Yeah. Oh. Just as he's collapsing to the ground, calls out red alert to startle you. Mm. And then, of course, Picard comes along, calls a conference evaluation. Oh, oh not again. Oh, no, 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 no. Stops. T. Yeah. Okay. Mm. okay. Hang on, Gray. Oh, dear. This is not good. Well, it Come gives on. us a, a, a breather, doesn't it, to recover from, well, the, yeah, exactly. from the neck probe. <laughs> well, you're going to need to recover for Spock's next move. Oh, dear. Spock, driven mad by the lust generated by Ponfar, is driven to tell Riker that he finds him incredibly attractive and mm. gives him a good rogering. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard the neck probe. As Riker... Not Riker. As, as Spock comes towards him... Lust a flame in his eyes. <laughs> well, he only gets it once every seven years, Simon. <laughs> no wonder if that's going to be his action. Riker quickly extracts from a handy orifice <laughs> his trombone uh, and gives Spock the horn. He's already oh. got your horn. <laughs> Distracted, blasting a, 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 a blast of sonic waves into Spock's face, disorientating mm. him. Okay, mm. I see where the level is now. Mm. Right. right, we've got to fight dirty. With the promise of rampant Vulcan sex. <laughs> I believe the technical term is Nook A. Spock persuades Nurse Chapel to conduct Riker's <laughs> annual rectal cavity cleanse oh, using yeah. an extreme extremely cold mm. probe mm. and a pipette full of sulfuric acid. Oh. <laughs> um, um, I'll just point out uh, that would have no effect on Riker considering where he's just extracted the trombone from. <laughs> well, Fair point. Yeah. <laughs> well, <it'd> Damn. Be... <laughs> okay, Riker jumps off off the table. Of course, his tag team partner 
his clone brother, Riker. Damn! Mm. <laughs> and between them, they slam into Spock. Spock sandwich. I think we'll have to call this a draw. <laughs> yeah. Is that a draw? Yes. Yeah. Mm, yep. uh, we'll be happy with the draw. Mm, okay, then. Right. That was Fight Club. Guess what? what? It's time for Doctor Who. Ooh. Ah. Okay. Following on from our recent best of, worst of, favourite this, favourite that, most baffling the other, we're going to do our favourite Doctor moments from New Who and Old Who and our right. favourite companion moments from New Who and Old Who. Ooh. And we will start with Crumbly. <laughs> Give us your favourite Doctor moment from New Who. New Who, well, undoubtedly, it's um, well, the Doctor dances, where I mean, all the people who have been um, affected by the uh, nanobots, oh, yeah. yeah, and turned into the gas mask child. Yeah. I mean, they've all been restored. I mean, it's one of those episodes that ends with such a high. Chris Everybody Apple- lives. Mm, yeah. That's it. The Doctor's well enthusiasm and joy is it's just so infectious. It really is. I mean, he goes, "Everyone lives, nobody dies." I mean, it's a punch to the air. Mm, well, like punch. Yeah, ache, he should have had a bit longer, but I mean, sort oh, of well. his decision to leave the show after one series. I mean, that was that was his and his alone. That yeah. was. I know a lot of people were disgruntled by, it, but I mean, sort of he had his reasons. And the time he had there, he did spectacularly. Oh, good for yeah. yes. because it broke all the conventions of the doctor. Well, I mean, he was such a radically different doctor. Yeah. For want of a better term, a grungy doctor. You know, sort of dressed in black, sort of, you know, sort of street punk type, doc- you know, type doctor. Okay, real Keith, 48X, let's have your best doctor moment from New Who. I've had a bit of a problem with this. Like, uh, I think a previous incarnation of myself had a, had a problem with this, but mm-hmm. I have managed to narrow it down. You're not going to explode. I'm not going to explode in this one. Okay. We're not going not to hoover <laughs> things down again. Or, or... Pardon? <laughs> The bits of me mm. sort of... Pardon? <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. I think uh, my favourite bit of um, New Who has to be the slow burn from Christmas Invasion. You've got the scene there. They're up on the asteroid. The Doctor is incapacitated. Rose has tried to stand up against them, but again, nothing has happened. And you have this alien monster running, walking up and down, strutting up and down, talking in its own language, threatening them, telling them what's going to happen, telling them how they're going to die. And it's the slow burn as it slowly slides into English. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. And then Rose suddenly twigs that that is English. Everyone else is recognising English. And the camera just focuses in on the TARDIS doors and they open miss me and there he is <laughs> yeah first time in for about uh, an hour there is the doctor proper back firing on all thrusters and dressed and- in a dressing gown mm. and, yeah. and with a tangerine in his virtually from that <laughs> yeah. moment on david tennant is the doctor, the doctor. Mm-hmm. yeah okay good choice but i think we can do better than that mm. el presidente oh yeah your new who Doctor moment. Best doctor moment of New Who. Okay. Parting of the ways. There it is. End of the world is nigh. Doctor doesn't want Rose to, to suffer and die. Sends her off from the TARDIS. Locks her in there. Hologram comes up. Oh, yeah. Yes. Mm. Hologram looking just straight Randomly. out at nothingness. Speaking and suddenly he turns and looks at her and says, uh, 
have a fantastic life. Yeah, yeah, that was good. <laughs> that, that, that's a, that, that is actually a tearjerker for me. It, yeah. it, it moistens the eye because it's it's <laughs> it's direct and more personal and shows even at that point in time who's thinking. For her. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the fact that the simple hologram turning and looking. Yeah, it just looks yeah. straight at her. I'd forgotten that. Damn yeah. you! Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Before I go, I just want to tell you, you were fantastic. We seem to be um all thinking along the same lines because my um, Doctor moment from New Who is also from The Christmas Invasion and it's before real Keith's moment. Um, The Doctor's lying in bed in his pyjamas completely (laughs) oblivious to everything. I mean, that enough is that alone is enough to please me leave the hormones out of this (laughs) and the Christmas trees going nuts could easily Mm. be a funny (laughs) moment but it's not and Rose is out of her depth and Jackie's just a waste of time and Rose knows there's only one person who can help her and she puts the sonic screwdriver in his hand and just whispers help me and he sits up and zaps it and it's just Mm -hmm. even when he's unconscious he knows he has to protect her I've got to admit that for me that was a close second a close it was almost (laughs) my prime on but it was close there but yeah it's again it's that moment it just how it fixes his attitude things are going wrong and he's he's got to protect her he's got to solve it okay so let's have our old who doctor moment let's start with real keith again problems a lot more problems than the last one if i could sum it up i've got at least eight old doctor moments but Let's narrow it down to one. Narrow me down to one. (laughs) So if I'm gonna do it, it has to be. Now I I have difficulty remembering the exact words because it's a little speech. It's from the Seventh Doctor. Doctor Seven always had little monologues. Yeah, they seem to write it in for him. But I think this one sums it up. It's from Ghostlight. It's the empty bus stations and burnt toast speech. The things where Ace says, "Isn't there something that you're afraid of?" Oh yes. Empty bus stations, they're full of lost people and lost luggage. And then there's burnt toast. Unrequited love. Unrequited love. And then there's tyranny and injustice. It sums up the Seventh Doctor. On the surface, light-hearted, playful, the fool. But underneath is that layer of steel that will not conscience something that is wrong. Crumbly! Yes? Wake up! Uh Old who, Doctor, moment. Please. Well, undoubtedly, I mean, it has to be the Green Death and Pertwee. <laughs> and his talent for cross-dressing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. The washerwoman. Yes, the washerwoman. Yes. Started off with the milkman, didn't it? Oh, and yeah. Mm, that's right. yes. And they all had those lamentable Welsh accents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we discussed that uh, at length, I think, during our Green yes. Death. Yes. <laughs> yes. Alienated ourselves to the Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I think it was a much-needed dose of uh, levity for, um, yeah, for uh, Pertwee's Doctor because, I mean, he was portrayed very much as the action man of mm. the uh, of the uh, canon, so to speak. And uh, we're, we're very much with his uh, Venusian Aikido. I mean, um, sort of driving... Uh, was it Bess- uh, Bessie? Bessie. Bessie. Uh, the Hoomobile as well. He was very much, well, a James Bond time lord. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I think this portrays him in a more, well, I wouldn't say comical light. Um, I'd say a certain capability for, you know, for guile and deceiving people, even though it's blatantly obvious he is a silver-haired man dressed up as, <laughs> yeah. as yeah. a washerwoman. Yeah. With five o'clock shadow. Yeah. yeah. And a rather suspicious roll-up hanging out of his mouth as yeah. well. So. Well, mine, it's nothing really special, but Tom Baker was my doctor, you know, first one I saw. and Despite your love for Peter Davison. Well, that's a completely different and okay. his, kind and of his thing. And his round and open. And bland, bland face, face yeah. <laughs> and this um this scene was from Robots of Death. It was after the Doctor and Leela had first been discovered. 
and obviously they were the murderers, etc., etc. And the Doctor is being guarded by Borg, who was pretty much the stupid, lummoxing muscle of the story. And he reaches into his pocket, unfolds his bag of jelly babies and offers them to Borg with a very quiet, which like a jelly baby, trying to defuse the situation. And Borg overreacts completely and knocks them out of his hand. They fly across the room. And the doctor just looks plaintively at his hand and says, a simple no thank you would have sufficed. <laughs> and it's just so doctorish, so Tom Baker. He's trying to uh, defuse a potentially hostile situation, refusing to rise to what was effectively his enemy. And it's always stuck in my mind I just loved yeah. it so that's my doctor moment which leaves El Presidente your old who doctor moment if you will please well my doctor really is probably Peter Davison <laughs> the one I grew up with round yeah. open face. bland face <laughs> should, it's a shame we don't have a video because you should see the way she smiles when you say <laughs> yeah. Peter I know. Davison she has this Sorry. beatific glow <laughs> yeah. around he's, her face she's just so cute sorry about yeah. <laughs> anyway you fancy Peter Davison as well <laughs> mm. not quite uh, <laughs> Last story, Kezo and Rosani. They're both suffering from deadly disease, spectrox toxemia. He's gone down in to get down to the cage to get the, the bat, mm. queen bat milk. Comes back. She's got the one vial of it. Gives it all to Perry. And then he dies. Just <laughs> gives his death. own life for her. Yeah. That was quite sad. And I was nearly crying at that point. Really? Because he looked so lost. <laughs> like a little just, puppy. He was. You just, I just wanted to cuddle him and make it better. <laughs> I was quite young then. I okay. didn't realise then that I didn't want to cuddle him and make it better. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That basically sums up the fifth Doctor. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, mm. We've got cosmic battles, cosmic, but it just comes down to the one person. just yeah. comes down to the, how much he wants to help the one person. Yeah. And again, Tennant says he's a bit like that Doctor, and yeah. I could see him doing that again for yeah, Rose. For Rose example. or for any of them. Yeah. 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 Okay. So that's our Doctor moments. Mm. Now on to our companion moments. And I'd like to point out that Real Keith 48X was given the opportunity to choose a pivotal moment in Doctor Who history as his companion moment and chose not to. I think <laughs> Susan's first twisting of her ankle <laughs> set the road for every companion to follow and you're very selfish not to choose it. <laughs> very selfish. Well, that is the role of a female companion to a trip over an atom. Okay, Real Keith 48X, give us your old Who companion moments. Old Who companion moment. Well, again, this is even more difficult because there are so many of them. So, so many of them. So I, I, I have, have to sit there and... I have chosen one, but I'm not particularly happy with the one I'm chosen. Go on I then. I think I could do better, but um, it's sort of uh, long term. It's not one particular moment, but it is something she has done, and it's the consequences of something she has done. And I think it's certainly during this period, it was typical of a companion to save the day by accident. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's got to be Green Death. Joe Grant knocking the mushroom uh. over the slide. I mean, it's not right. a big event in itself. Serendipity. But it's the, the consequences of that action yeah. saves the day. So she saves them, but she's damned if she knows how she's <laughs> yeah. doing Yeah, that's, that's the whole point. Yeah. Science O-levels were never oh, that yeah. good. <laughs> okay, El Prez, your old Who companion moment. Well, I had a hard choice here. It's one of two. Either Ace's Garters. <laughs> <laughs> that's a completely different different category oh, I did it? actually yeah. 
it was point out that I wasn't allowed to choose that. No, you weren't. <laughs> no. But I think to top that, just it's such a great moment for all of us and for the series going forward. Adric's death. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> I believe we'll be discussing Adric's death a little later I think on. We probably will. Yeah. yeah, quite fondly. Yes. <laughs> With cakes and mm. champagne. <laughs> okay. Well, my again, it's not a particularly groundbreaking moment. It's just another thing that always stuck in my mind and I thought it was a perfect companion moment was Frontios and it was Tegan when she was being she was trapped by the tractators and the doctor was trying to pass her off as an android and she didn't say a word but if um looks could kill the doctor would have you just wouldn't need a new series because it had got through them all then <laughs> and the venom and I'd have loved to have seen what she said to him once they got off that place. Yeah, if, if I remember <laughs> rightly, it was a particularly wide-eyed... Glare. bug-like eye, but yeah, it was, a, it was yeah. definitely a glare, a laser glare. But it, it also showed that she knew enough not to say anything, but she was damned if she was going to like him <laughs> yeah. humiliating her yeah. in front of the alien. Crumbly! Old Who companion moment, if you will. One companion I do feel sorry for is you know, Sarah Jane Smith. Really? I mean, apart from her um, wardrobe malfunctions, which mm-hmm. I've sort of gone on fondly about in the past, oh, she stumbles from one disaster into another. I mean, she's been hypnotised by, by Sontarans. I mean, what else? I mean, she's, well, she's been turned into an android and fallen down a, a, a grassy bank of slight incline. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she gets sacrificed to everything that comes mm, along. Well, that's it. Gets chained to a rock by Exelons and they wave all these bowls of smoke under her nose and gesticulate wildly at her. But, I mean, the scene... I mean, I have to feel sorry for yeah, for her. And this is um, in in the uh, Brian of Morbius, <laughs> yeah, where she's uh, where she's blinded by something. She it? is, mm-hmm. yeah. And she's well, she's staggering around, feeling her way around, and all you can see in the foreground is the Brian of Morbius in its in its um, well, his brain in a jar. And it's going, who's there? Who's there? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, what was that? <laughs> Who's there? Who's there? Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, that is the moment that you know, sticks in my mind. I mean, she tries her best. But she's a bit rubbish. <laughs> well, she's just prone to getting set upon by every nasty force in the universe who wants to bend her to their will. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that leaves us with New Who. Right, this one I think just summed up um, the companion's loyalty to the Doctor, and I think any one of them could, d- could have done it, but Rose was the one who did it. She didn't know what was going to happen happened when she took the time vortex into herself she could have dropped dead anything could have happened all she knew was the doctor was in trouble and she had to save him now some people have postulated that she was actually the TARDIS at that point so whether or not you subscribe to that one way or another one of his companions was willing to give up their life for him even going so far as to kill which I don't think Rose would have killed the Daleks without the time vortex inside herself and it's just absolutely synonymous of the companions that they are willing to go to any lengths to make sure he's safe even when he doesn't need them to and I know she got him killed in the end so it was kind of a waste of time but she got to do her whole glowy Bridget Bardot from a council estate thing, yeah. which was El Prez. 
Give us well, I nearly had that one myself, but in the end I went for um, in turn left. Donna's been through all this in this alternate reality, and suddenly she's in the middle of this unit complex in this makeshift time machine, this weird circle of mirrors and stuff, looking absolutely terrified. But willing to go through with it, got this thing on her back she's just seen, she's willing to try anything. and Just to make sure everything turns yeah, out all yeah. right. Yeah, it's a great moment, she's really well acted. Real Keith. It was close, it was close. One of them almost didn't have a companion in at all. The bit from uh, Satan's Pit, where uh, the Doctor's down there on his own and he has to smash the jars to destroy the uh, devil. But if he does destroy that, he will also kill one. Okay. And it's the fact that uh, when he finally decides to do it, it's that he has faith in Rose. It shows the amount of faith that he has. But that's that was, a that, doctor moment. That, I know, that, that's more of a doctor moment. So, so what it actually came down to was, it could be actually an old who, it's a school reunion. Okay. Sarah Jane Smith. Not for the foot when he first sees the doctor, but it's when he, she first recognises the doctor. After she's seen the TARDIS. After she's seen she the TARDIS. she backs out. Yeah, yeah. And she just turned around. And also, I think it's slightly something to do with um, David Tennant's acting at that point. Mm. Because one thing it shows... Most people have gone on about the love affair between Rose and the Doctor, Rose and Tennant. But this also shows, to some extent, there was a platonic love affair between Sarah Jane and the Doctor because it's the depth of her reaction when she realises actually who it is. And it's the fact that Tennant also does a marvellous job in seeming to channel Tom Baker. It's the vocal responses. I mean, that's one thing about that particular episode. I mean, okay, up until then, I mean, his mood was very low. He was sort of being the teacher. Yeah. And he said, like, well, good morning, class. And he said, yeah. where shall we begin? And all that. And the scene where he's standing in front of the TARDIS, oh, I mean, it's yes. an almost, well, ominous presence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's the yeah. music that mm. went with it. So it's got the startling music. But yeah. As you said, it's it's his first words to after him. Hello, Sarah Dring. And what was it? Um, you've regenerated. Oh, several times, in fact. Mm. It's <laughs> just the vocal mannerisms that Tennant yeah. uses there. But it's, as I said, it's more... Her reaction shows that there was the depth of feeling there that you don't necessarily associate between her and uh, uh, Tom Baker's Doctor, yeah. but it's there. Okay, so if anyone out there would like to add their favourite Doctor moments and favourite companion moments, you can jump on the internet and write them down. You could send them in to us at... Please. Show. At... Staggering. Stories. Stars. Net. That's twice we've done that. We've done it so I know. well. We're getting better. It's not going to be the end of the world, though. Or, or the, money. put it on the blog as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Blog. Yeah. 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 Many, many ways to tell us. Staying in the Doctor Who frame, we've all been watching some DVDs, haven't mm. we? That we have, mm. yes. We have, yep. But we mm-hmm. haven't been watching them normally. No. no. Sitting in the chair upside down. We have. From- With our legs behind our yes. heads. You're both idiots. We've been watching the special features on the DVDs. Yep. All the little extras. Which mm. ones did we watch? Pyramid of Mars. Uh, Earthshock. Earthshock. And Earthshock, yes. Yeah. We were going to watch The Green Death, but they, well, we ran out of week. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't do that. Yes, and we just a, couldn't face the maggots again. It's been a busy week. It has. <laughs> yes. So who would like to start? Um, first thing on Pyramid of Mars is commentary, basically. Yep. The, the talk. Who did we have on Pyramid of we Mars? We had Elizabeth Sladen, mm-hmm. Michael Sheard, oh, yes. mm-hmm. Philip Hinchcliffe, yep. and some inserts by Paddy Russell. I found <laughs> the uh, Paddy Russell inserts jarred with the... Um, yeah, you know. I think it didn't help that when she recorded them, she was she seemed to be up for it. She was like, oh, yes, enthusiasm, enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah. 
and a lot of the rest of the commentary was kind of stilted. Yeah. Mm. The, the Pyramid of Mars commentary was very dry. When you compare that to the well, Earthshot, Earthshot commentary, yeah. oh, God, which Earthshot. was mad yeah. as a box of frogs, it was <laughs> completely insane. Earthshock was sort of more like um, a discussion down the pub between four old friends. Yeah, yeah. well, three old friends and Matthew Waterhouse. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Yeah, we had Peter Davison, mm-hmm. Janet Fielding, yes. Sarah mm-hmm. Sutton and Big Matt. Boom Boom or Matt Finish. Mm. As they took to calling him. Yes. yes. <laughs> Which is quite funny for the early 80s. It is. Mm, yes. <laughs> it was a simpler time. Earlier uh-huh. in the news, we mentioned that um, Russell Tovey is RTD's favourite to be the new Doctor. Yes. yes. We had another Tovey in Pyramids of Mars. Yeah, really? Yes. Yeah. According yes. to Liz Sladen during the commentary, the poacher was played by a Tovey, and for the life of me, I can't remember his name. The, the, the one who got squished. Squished by oh, yeah. mm, yes. But he was Roberta Tovey's dad. So, oh, okay. yeah. definitely a big family. acting family. Yeah. Mm, mm. Certainly sounds like it. There was a rather funny bit, funny extra. Mm, yes, there was. I mean, it was entitled Oh Mummy. Well, it's a light-hearted look at Sutek's career post-Doctor Who. It's uh, voiced again by Gabriel Wolf, who who has this very silky, evil tones for... Um, he does. He's He's got a voice Sutek. like dairy milk. Uh, so it follows his career post-Doctor Who, um, including such things as um, being a department store Santa, uh, Santa Claus, oh, or yeah. as we like to say over here, Father Christmas. <clears throat> a milkman? Oh, yes, a milkman, yes. Yes, and um, his cat called Neil. No, so Neil, before Neil before Sutek. Oh, oh yes. dear. The ant, the entomology. Grovel in front of me, you, you. ant. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Which he killed. Which he then mm. killed. Yes. With his, well, he's his an evil rays. being. Yeah. 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 Um, one other thing, well, there's quite a few things that came out in the commentary. If you watch Pyramids of Mars, Michael Sheard, Mr. Bronson, um, spends an awful lot of the time looking slightly frightened. Mm. Yeah, Understandable, it, it, really, because, you know, it's a scary story. Yeah, so that, that was good acting, That I was thought, very good. Well, he wasn't acting at all, no, apparently, no. because <laughs> while they were filming, his wife rung up and broke it to him that she was pregnant with their youngest son. Youngest. So, youngest, ah. Uh, he was kind of shell-shocked. Oh, I'm not surprised, yeah. yeah. <laughs> really celebrated getting the job. <laughs> and did you know how they chose the mask of Sutek? Well, not the mask, but the um, jackal head. Yes. The yes. really poorly <laughs> CSO yeah. jackal yeah. head. It turns out that Paddy Russell took Elizabeth Sladen to Acton Studios and showed yes. her all these designs for this jackal head. And the one that she went, oh, at... They chose. The they chose. Mm-hmm. Right. She probably just looked at it and thought, Ugh, that's the worst one in the bunch. God, are you serious? <laughs> Comparing the two um, commentaries, well, the, the Earthshock was, as we said, completely insane yeah. with um, mm-hmm. talk of hairstyles Hairstyle, and yes. chocolates. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, oh, yeah. This Pyramids of Mars was... Although it was really, really interesting, yeah. it was a bit stilted, yeah. and some of the time it was a bit of a lovey's club. It's, yeah. <laughs> oh, I recognise him, he went on to do this, this and this, and wasn't you, quite as good. You probably mm. got more information from Pyramids of Mars, but it was, more, it was dry, it was yeah. very dry, very factual. Oh, you got a lot more technical information, oh, yeah, such yeah. as um, the effect of the Doctor coming down the time tunnel, yeah. which, all right, you look at it now and it's cheesy, but then it was it was a good effect. <laughs> well, well, yeah, it was cutting edge back then. They right? were talking about the ones that didn't <clears> make <throat> it and the yeah. the ones the director cut, and they 
tagged that on as part of the special the features. Deleted scenes. And... Apart from one of them where it was really was a blatant wobble, yeah. the other, you know, <laughs> I, I really couldn't yeah. tell. That's so, why I'm not a director. But as I said, Sir Earthshocked commentary was certainly more fun, more jolly, more yeah. laughing. You enjoyed it more. Oh, plus, very much. Plus, mm-hmm. you also got the point, which I've never seen before, but you got the production assistant pointed out to you by Peter Davison. You oh, did. yes. Mm. The yes. lurking yeah. in the yeah. background yeah. one. Yeah. Standing under a stairwell, in a stairwell. Reading her script. Yeah, flicking through her scripts. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Did she not realise when they shouted action that something was going to happen? <laughs> Obviously not. She must have been YTS or something like that. Probably. Apparently, mm. yeah, she was a, a worky who was there to follow the floor manager around. Oh, all right. Well, I'll go, I'll what go for Peter Davison, John Nathan Turner John referred Nathan to her as that bloody woman. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Before we start talking about the commentary for um, Earthshock yeah. and the other extras, I mean, there were a couple of laugh out loud, loud moments, I must confess to um, in Earthshock. The scene where the two uh, Cybermen are guarding the uh, silos. Oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah. they're supposed to be cold, logical, unemotional, and yet when you saw them in the distance, they were standing there like a couple of blokes you just met on a str- in the street yeah. and were chatting about the football. They were gesticulating <laughs> with their arms. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Mm. What do Cybermen do when they're... Well, they should, they should just sort of stand there. They should just stand there yeah. and pulse encoded information to each mm. other. They don't need to stand there and do I mean, they're wave, waving their arms around and looking at them with a bloody good time. Just blokes for mm. you. <laughs> yes, and um, the scenes in the uh, control room with the cyber leader and his deputy. Oh, yes. Yes. Good <clears> mask <throat> acting, I thought. Oh, grief. <laughs> I mean, the guy who played the, the uh, cyber controller second in command, I mean, I don't know whether um, he had a set of headphones on under his cyber mask and was listening to this um the top the time warp <laughs> or um whether he just had an itchy bum yeah but the thing was he mean he's still well that's it he couldn't he couldn't stay still i mean he said he had ants in his pants you could you can just imagine so, i am gyrating my hips commander excellent well i remember a kind of fangirly thing here oh, yeah. um, it's to do with Peter Davidson again. no it's yeah. not it's oh. not and it's to do with role. david banks oh. Oh. Yeah. um oh. watching watching Earthshock, obviously in his prime mm-hmm. leader, yeah. Cyberman. Real Keith and I saw him at a convention, several conventions actually, but the one that springs to mind was Leisure Hive 3, which would have been 1986. Yeah. And he'd made up a poem. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. And I only know the first line. It was, the leader was a cyberman. He had his little ways, and sometimes no one spoke to him for days and days and days. Yeah. And I would love to know how that ended, because I can't remember for the life of me. So if anyone knows, could you tell us? It was based on a Christmas poem, if I remember Yeah, ah. but he did it in character. Yeah. It was hilarious. Of course, we'd all had a few pints. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought was hilarious. Yeah, he could have recited the alphabet and we'd have laughed at yeah. him. <laughs> but anyway... Okay, um, Pyramids of Mars, the other yeah, extras. What else was on Pyramids of Mars? We had a siren gothic, mm-hmm. which seemed to be largely made up of Paddy Russell complaining about the lack of time they had to film. With most DVDs, I mean, the extras, I tend not to you know, watch them because, I mean, to me, most of the time it consists of talking heads mm. yeah. and very little else going on. But, I mean, at least with the, um, with the Doctor Who extras, they're having sort of tried to throw a few more things into the mix. Um, well, with their shock for instance. I mean, there's the Easter egg. What was the Easter egg for? The Easter egg was a scene from the um, 1990s comedy series, The Real McCoy, featuring lots of black actors. Basically, it was um, a broadcast by uh, the Jamaican Broadcasting Corporation... (laughs) They were all dubbed into Jamaican, mm. weren't they? Um, oh. Yeah, all the broadcasts have been dubbed yeah. into um, you know, patois. And oh, um, yeah, because um, 
Peter, you can see it clunk. Yeah, sorry, mm, I just clunk. Trying, trying to remember because Peter Davison moves around the Cyberman yeah. and makes the tiniest movement of his mouth, and the dubbed actor went, Psha! <laughs> <laughs> and it was funnier than the rest of it put together. Mm. I, was, oh. I mean, to, he- to hear um, a Cyberman, so go, Migo Boxes, yeah, Migo Boxes Dalek. No, Serial Thrillers was also on the Pyramids of Mars, which was um, all about the mainly about the Holmes and Hinchcliffe era, the Mary White House yeah. complaints, oh, okay. mm. the the general horror that seemed to run through the show. Yeah, that, well, that period they mined a lot of Gothic horror for yeah. their inspiration. It was one of the best periods. Yeah, it mm. was. It was. Mm. I mean, that, that is something I could never understand what Mary Whitehouse was complaining about. Because always, to my mind, the Doctor was there. The Doctor would save us. So it doesn't matter what happens. A couple of the other extras. There was Now and Then, which um, was yeah. going back to the old, uh, what's it, the Stargrove Estate in Berkshire, where um, Pyramids of Mars was filmed. Yeah. And I know real Keith didn't like this very much. didn't see the point of it. But I learnt that the um, estate was owned by Mick Jagger, and uh, I honestly never knew that. I, I, I already knew that. I already knew that. They've done this on a, a couple of the Who, doc, uh, the Who DVDs is now and then, and I do really find them a little bit pointless. Yeah. But, but going back to the Mick Jagger thing, <laughs> it's always struck me, because they um, set fire, to, in the story, they set fire to the building. Mm, yeah. yeah. And in my young, prepubescent mind, I had this image of Mick Jagger sort of running up and down, tearing his hair out of his <laughs> Yeah, but could you imagine that? I mean, you know, sort of Mick would get up one day, look out the window, and he'd see the missile you know, sort of in his front garden with two servitors by it. And <laughs> it's every morning, Frank. Well, <laughs> well, there is that. Hey, Keith, here's a couple of servitors of suit again in the garden. There were some um, deleted scenes, mm-hmm. which wasn't, wasn't really no, much. didn't add much. No, As I say, really. it was mostly the dodgy special effects. Yeah. It's kind of amazing out. they could find these deleted scenes after yeah. this time. Oh, that, that is yeah. phenomenal. And then we had um, the Easter egg. And the first bit of the Easter egg, I went, ooh, because it was um, all the in and out links ooh. for Pyramids of Mars over the years. Yep. <laughs> and the mm. first one obviously had the spinning globe. Oh, the BBC globe. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, Nostalgia yes, overloads, mm. that yeah. sort of thing. Oh, she went all misty-eyed. Onto Earthshot, yep. the commentary. Mm. Right. Yeah. Was I the only one who found... Matthew Waterhouse annoying from the second he opened his mouth. <laughs> and the other three, you get the idea they were having fun. He kept on trying to drag them back on yeah. onto point. Mm. They, they kind of set upon him somewhat in the first. Yes, they yeah. did, yeah. didn't yeah. they? It's that quite mean, fun. That, that, that <laughs> was understandable. There was um, Janet Fielding was well on form. Oh yes. yes. If she wasn't talking about hair or chocolate, she was talking about um, the guy who played Lieutenant Scott, yeah. um, <laughs> James Warwick. I think yeah. his name was. Apparently, the poor sod was taking a bath in his room or his trailer. Oh, I can't yeah. remember which is which. And Janet Fielding and Claire Clifford, who played whatever her name is, who got shot in the TARDIS, mm. walked into his rooms with a camera and took pictures of him in the bath. <laughs> Apparently, they still have them. <laughs> <laughs> But there was right. a lot of mocking of James, gentle mocking the, of James Warwick's accent, accent yeah. which started off plumbing and First World War, don't you know, yeah, yeah. and rapidly descended into home counties. Yeah, mm, in, in the mm. studio, it shifted to home counties, yes. but was also very macho. Everything yeah, about yes. him was yeah. macho. Did yes. you notice he was yeah, always yeah. standing with his legs <laughs> thus? Oh, thus. <laughs> Hands on hips, nipples erect. Ooh, right. can you say you say right. erect on a podcast? I don't know. <laughs> One thing that was common to both of the commentaries is there seemed to be a certain um, 
tension between the cast and the director. Oh, yes. Very much yes, so. Both of them, yeah. yeah. Who was it Peter Wingard P- for Peter, Earthshock? No, Peter Grimwade. <laughs> Who's Peter Wingard? He's the he, girl with the funky yeah, moustache. He was, uh, he was Jason in, King. He was in <laughs> Planet of Fire. Yes, he was in Planet of Fire and Flash Gordon. I don't know why his name came to mind. <laughs> so Peter, Peter Grimwade, he's got me at it. <laughs> Peter Grimwade would do the box with his oh, fingers. Oh, yeah, make the yeah, camera right frame. Mm. Paddy Russell... The, the complaint with her was that she kept on over-rehearsing them. Oh, Elizabeth which, Sladen which said, didn't she? Yeah. Tom Baker objected to strenuously. Yeah, because yeah. Um, yeah, Elizabeth Sladen said the scene at the beginning in the TARDIS yeah, was with the shawl, with the, the shawl that she's messing about with was oh. far too over-rehearsed, and she yeah. was trying to do too much because yeah. she was trying to get everything in yeah. to the scene. But yes. there again, they were both excellent stories. Oh, so yeah. you know, perhaps well, I mean, it's an end justifies the means kind of thing. Earthshock certainly has the maximum amount of shots in a Who show at that time. Mm. Yeah, tons of cuts. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. He was a technical director. Yeah. Not, a, not an, not an actor. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, moving on. Episode five of Earthshot. Oh, yes. 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 Well, that was fun, that was. That's the line of Oh Mummy, isn't it? Uh, yes, a very yes. well, a very humorous sketch. It's what would have happened if Adric had survived the crash. <laughs> I mean, it was done very much along the lines of a very primitive um, Ardman animation, where um, Adric is thrown clear of the spaceship as it crashes into Earth. Only to eat, be eaten by a dinosaur. Yeah, <laughs> I don't it was know, short but sweet. Yeah, I don't yeah. know whether you noticed in the credits they also credited the dinosaur wranglers. Oh, the dinosaur yeah. wranglers. Yeah. 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 Um, one of the one of the other extras on Earthshock was um, some of the film sequences, the location shots mm. Mm. done without special effects, yeah. out music, effects anything. Yeah. And it's a credit to the actors. They <laughs> it, they were outside in the quarry looking at the big screen where all the bli- the uh, blips and blobs mm, were that's appearing. It, yeah. Lights. Mm. And they were with straight faces acting to this screen where obviously nothing There's was appearing. No, this very tacky looking <laughs> screen. Mm, yes. Really tacky. Yeah. <laughs> there was a um, 40th anniversary celebration sort of YouTube-esque clip yeah. video. Yeah, that was very good. I think, that, was, that was quite I good. I think when the DVD came out, they didn't have YouTube. But no, no. that type of thing would be on YouTube now. Mm. Yeah. That's right, is, yeah. 2003, the DVD well, it's, yeah, it like a long yeah. promo trailer, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, mm. showing various yeah. to, to that point. Mm-hmm. One extra on Earthshock, which um, merits more discussion, is the um, option to add CGI effects oh, yes. oh, yeah, yeah. to the show, This, is, which is very Star Warsy. Mm. Well, they've done a fair bit with Doc 2 DVDs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Should, yeah. should mm-hmm. they do it, but though? The, should the, you the watch it is... as God intended, or should you mess about with it just because you can? The thing about the DVD. DVDs is you are given the option. Yes. Mm, that's yeah. it. See, on, on the new Star Trek ones, and certainly the uh, Star Wars Revisited, right. you weren't given the option. No. And that's it, I mean. slapped on and over, over-bloated. Well, that was yeah. George Lucas, that was. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's very well documented that he does love his special effects. Yeah. Mm. Mind you, I generally would prefer to watch them with the new effects because the old mm. ones can be rather distracting. I, I like both. I mean, certainly one for the new effects would have to be Dalek Invasion of Earth. Mm, where yes. you've got the Dalek sources literally on the string. You mm. can see the string. Yeah. Well, and then yeah, as, as I said in uh, a previous podcast, I mean, it reminded me of Michael Benteen's Potty Time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and they have the alternative option to have the Dalek ships as they appear in the new series. Mm, the but, big sources. Really. Yeah. Yeah. But rendered in an old style, complete yeah. with all the cracks on the film. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I don't know, I don't know. Perhaps I'm 
I'm just too much in love with nostalgia, but I think things should be left as they are. Because, mm. you know, you don't go... It's like um, Enid Blyton books. Mm-hmm. They're reintroducing the famous five oh, to school yeah. kids, mm-hmm. but they're editing them so that nothing even vaguely offensive is in them. Mm. You don't do that to Shakespeare. You don't do that to... Name a writer from more than 50 years ago. You don't go editing their work just in case it offends something, yeah. someone. Yeah. Enid Blyton... Lighten was a product of her time yes. and, you know, crappy Doctor Who effects where you can see the string is a product <laughs> of his time. Leave yeah. it alone. Not, it's not, not necessarily offending anyone, really, is well, it? Well, no, the, well, the strings... The, would string pro- the well, strings would probably <laughs> offend no, today's special yeah. effects yeah. artists. The strings are offensive to puppets. Yeah. But it's, no, it's just the fact that it's this insistence on changing old things mm. to bring them up to date, you know. But if you had the option in an old yeah. book to hide these sections or not... Mm-hmm. Then it's uh, fair enough, isn't it? Oh, why, why bother doing it? If something offends you or something isn't done to your tastes or as well as you think it should have been done, then make something new yourself. Write something new yourself. If Shakespeare had been edited and cut he to pieces... He is completely all yes, the time. I know he is all the time, <laughs> but if they changed the outcome of Romeo and Juliet because it was too sad 200 years ago, kids today would be learning that... Romeo and Juliet actually had a very happy ending and they escaped quite nicely, thank you, and <laughs> off they went to Tuscany for their honeymoon. Yeah, just leave it alone and write something else if you're not happy. It wasn't William Shakespeare, it was Francis Bacon who wrote all the plays. <laughs> oh. See, I made this point in an English lesson oh. once. Shouted down. Did you see? There, oh, yes, did oh, you did see? You... Oh, that, that oh. Is Gavin Scott! That's and his, and his really moustache. His disastrous yeah. tie. Mm. She died that. Oh. <laughs> and the hairstyle. I mean, and what did he cool. describe Doctor Who as? A cornucopia of the revolting. Who <laughs> 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 got the dictionary for just Christmas? Just yeah. genius, it really was. It was so 70s. No, that was actually about 80, 81, though. He looked 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he man. He looked 70s, but it was 82 when it was broadcast. Like mm. That's right, yeah. Oh, he looked like he was, once he'd finished there, he was going to nip off with Ron Jeremy and make some porn. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I actually thought it was about to go on Open University. Yeah, yeah. Well, he did look like a lecturer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all he needed was a tweed jacket with the leather patches on the elbows. Amusing moments from Earthshock, and there were many, many, oh, many, many of them. Loads. The moment where the cyber leader instructs his second in command to kill Tegan mm-hmm. um, as an example of how emotions are a weakness, and the camera is gone in on Peter Davison and his conflict, and oh my lord, oh my lord. And in the studio, the real Peter Davison has gone, ah, to hell with it, killer. Yeah, no, no, no. I will kill her when I've finished gyrating my pelvis. Of course, then there was Beryl Reed. Oh, God, oh, yeah. Mm. Baffled Beryl. Yeah, had no idea what the Pissed as a newt, huh? Yes, they, they did imply that she'd been having and a fusion and sonics. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm did. sure that wasn't true. No, no I don't think yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> they certainly went on record that she had no idea mm. what she was doing there and what she was saying. Yeah, but I mean, that's the thing that puzzles me. I mean, why have two old biddies in, in charge of um, a, a freighter? I mean, for goodness sake. J&T just casting celebrities. I think with this one, it worked, but only just. I think it worked because, um, unlike like other celebrities like Ken Dodds <laughs> Beryl Reed was a trained actress yeah. uh, she'd yeah. been there she, done that she was a professional the book, you know. Const- 
consummate professional. She may not have known what she was saying, but yeah. she was a professional. They also said in the commentary it's kind of a reaction to Alien. Yeah. Kind of the Ripley character and mm-hmm. the whole... Yeah, uh, yeah but Ripley wasn't yeah, 60 years yes, old. Sigourney Weaver wasn't that old. Have <laughs> <laughs> no, you seen right. Beryl Weed standing there? Get away, away from, from her, you, you bitch! bitch. <laughs> that could work. <laughs> Get away from her, you bitch! Some other things which you, you've really got to just watch yeah. and listen to the commentary yourself <laughs> are never calling Sarah Sutton cute she doesn't oh, yeah. like it yeah. Janet Fielding's basic instinct moment oh yes yes, mm. yes. Janet Fielding on tokenism always oh, <laughs> standing in Snyder oh yeah that was another one I forgot about that chocolate Mm-hmm. Pockets acting. Yeah. Oh, yes. oh, yes. <laughs> Oscar winning pockets. Oscar winning pockets yeah. acting. Actors who can't fall down when they've been shot. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's it. And Nissa cooking soup in the console room. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Pea soup. Pea remember. soup. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to know about all those, you're going to have to listen to the commentary. Mm-hmm. And we really do recommend it. Yes. Yeah. Of the, of the two, I would recommend Earthshot. Yeah. Mm, yes. But Earth listen to the Pyramids of Mars as well, because you do learn a lot. Oh, yeah. Pyramids of Mars is a good story yeah. to begin with. And so. it's really nice to hear Michael Sheard, because, you know, He's we no miss him. With us. Yeah. And now... It's time to face the TV screens. To pay attention. It's time for... El Presidente. Hello! Fellow citizens, it has been brought to the attention of my benevolent administration that the Large Hadron Collider has been powered up. This is exactly to my plan. Soon the LHC will be fully operational and the world will learn its true purpose. From the centre of the LHC, a detray will blast into space, bounce off several mirrored satellites and threaten anyone of my choosing. First, I will threaten William Shatner, then Fox TV executives, then the International Tidlewinks Association. Ban me, would they? But I'm drifting. Soon all will bow down before me. Here endeth my address. but I'm in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Up to your knees. Up to about there. Oh, mm-hmm. there. <laughs> yes. Okay, so that brings another podcast to an end. Oh, thank God for that. Mm, shame. shame. I mean, shame. But in the next one, we will have the news, Fight Club, <gasps> favourite TARDIS moments. <gasps> finally getting round to me reviewing summer blockbusters. <gasps> yes, finally. <laughs> finally. Yeah, finally. keep promising it. It's coming. It is coming. And in celebration of the Large Hadron Collider being switched on and us still being here, we will be reviewing Torchwood Lost Souls. <gasps> so this is me, Crumbly, saying, be seeing you. Farewell. Goodbye. And may the bard be with you. The god. No, the bod. Bod. Oh, the bod. The bod. May the bod be with you always. You have been listening to the Staggering Stories podcast, series one, number 29, featuring Adam J. Purcell, Andy Simpkins, Fake Keith, and Real Keith Dunn. The views expressed here are those of the speaker and don't necessarily represent those of the other speakers or the site. No copyright infringement is intended, and this podcast is a Fake Keith production for www.staggeringstories.net. Happy Podcast 100 to Yvitz Mr. Bubble. in a place for such things. Should we get on with it? Oh, God, hang on. I've got to get myself comfortable again.
He's around. Oh, no. You're going to take your trousers off and scratch yourself, are you? The cushion fell off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. It's an hour-long sort of kiddie science fiction special made back in the sort of mid to late 70s. And, um, well, it wasn't Invasion Force. It was a spacecraft manned by what looked like the, um, you know, sort of smash potato robots. That was an advert. Yeah, but this is a little, um, it's like a sort of children's TV film, this was. Well, one of the characters was voiced by Ed Straker. And there's this one scene where, um, this little exploratory robot goes to Earth and gets in this house. And, um, it becomes attracted to the, one of these, um, round goblin hoover uh, hoovers i mean i'd love to know what that is that's disturbing is what mm. that is <laughs> no this little, this sure little robot starts t- this starts touching it in the okay. hoover switch okay okay <laughs> and the hoover switches itself on and starts making these amatory sort of suctioning noises <laughs> and he's been watching vacuum cleaner sex and doesn't realize it <laughs> robot porn mm. if i knew what it was i mean i'm sure someone will know mm. that is a general appeal if anyone can enlighten me or actually remember the film I'm going on about, please tell me. <laughs> please do, because we think he's making it up. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was. It's a very bizarre dream. Spock reverses his usual approach and incapacitates Riker with his... Start again. <laughs> fake fake keys can't again? read her own handwriting. <laughs> In a moment of pure evil, Spock reverses his usual approach and incapacitates Riker with his often lethal mind pinch. <laughs> I've done it wrong again, you <laughs> sodding knob! Oh. <laughs> That's staying in that is. <laughs> and now... Face the TV screens. Pay attention. It's time for... L. President. Denti. President. Viva El President. Shall we do that again? Yes. It's late. It's mm. late. <laughs> Not allowed to laugh when we're introducing you. <laughs> On pain of death. And now. Face the TV screens. Pay attention. It's time for. El President. Oh, shut up! <laughs> Who's doing the we'll just, we'll just, we'll just do it. And when we've said El Presidente, you go, hooray! Okay, mm-hmm. right, okay. Sorry. Oh, this, uh, is, this is staying in. <laughs> Congratulations to Yivitz and Mr. Bubble on recording their 100th Star Wars Galaxies podcast from everyone at Staggering Stories. Growing there! Eight out of ten listeners who expressed a preference say they prefer the Tin Dog podcast. We certainly do over here at Staggering Stories. Dot net. Dot net. Dot net. Dot net.